0: What's up, I'm Roy Furr, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and today we're gonna talk about how to niche down your offer to make more sales and profits. It's Monday, which is the day that I open up my mailbox to answer your questions about copywriting, marketing, business building, and more. So let's just dive right in with today's question. All right, today's mailbox Monday question is, (laughs) I'm starting a coaching practice and working on my offer and clients. What daily, weekly practice can I implement to continually refine and niche my offer? I sometimes find I try to make one thing too detailed. How can I take one big thing and niche it down into separate offers from W? And by the way, if you have a question you'd like to have answered in an upcoming Mailbox Monday episode, check the link in the description to ask Roy your question. All right, first things first, just want to be clear about your offer here. It should be a quality offer. It should solve a real problem. It should unlock a real opportunity. And it is best here if it appeals to multiple identities, if the core structure of the offer solves that problem or unlocks a real opportunity for multiple people who may experience that problem um, or want to pursue that opportunity. They want to fulfill whatever desire. So a good example would be fitness right a gym membership could be a a it could solve a real problem or it could it could fulfill a desire for a certain like it could it could fulfill a desire for a large number of different identities and then it's about how do you fit that different um that different offer into different identities so we're going to talk about something called identity niching here, and this is going to be really useful to you in the context of this question, um, but, but first things first, make sure that your offer is actually something that could actually switch between, between industries. So there's this saying, there's riches and niches, and I know that this idea is what's driving this question, and, and yes, it's true to an extent. When you focus on a specific niche, then what happens is people within your audience, within that niche say, oh, this person has built this thing for me, and because they've built it for me, I believe that it's more likely to work for me, and as a result, I'm going to buy from them versus somebody who's built something that's much more generic. And I would say like this idea of what to do on a daily or weekly basis to niche down your offer, that's probably like way too much actually. I say maybe too much. It's probably way too much. Um the uh, really niching should be something that happens like I go into one niche, I dominate that niche, and then I go to the next niche over and I dominate that niche and I go to the next niche over and I dominate that niche. And so for example, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking anything having to do with homes in Lincoln, Nebraska, I wouldn't even necessarily say, "Okay, how can I do Lincoln this week, and how can I do Omaha next week, and how can I do uh, Beatrice the week after, and how could I do Fremont, and how then how could I maybe do Kansas City, and how could I how could I like span out into all of these geographic areas, versus okay, how can I really establish myself in East Lincoln?" how can I really establish myself in East Lincoln? Okay, and then maybe Northeast, or, or I wanna go to Southeast Lincoln, okay? And then I want to go to uh, South Central Lincoln, or Far South, or I want to go uh, and and identify like these tighter niches, but it's you only go from niche to niche after you've firmly established yourself in one niche. And the flip side of this whole idea about there's riches and niches, flip side of the whole idea is A really powerful offer can often be one where you can, in quotes, mail the phone book, and that obviously comes from a different era. But uh, Gary Halbert, famously one of his biggest successes was the Halbert's uh, coat of arms. And the coat of arms letter that he wrote was basically something that they could adapt to last name after last name after last name, and by the way, that's really easy to do, Um, They could adapt it to last name after last name after last name and mail everybody in the phone book, right? And having something that's that broad market of an offer can also have its advantages. So be careful about this idea that there are riches only in niches. Oftentimes it's easiest to create a very profitable business within a narrow niche, um, but also you're limiting your scalability significantly. Now in terms of adapting the offer, it, it's probably easier than you might think. So you have a coaching offer, that's that's what the question said, have a coaching offer. Okay, what 90% or even greater than 90% of the offer is exactly the same regardless of the niches that I go to or across three or four niches that I go to, across the first 10 niches I might go to, and then what 10% needs to be changed? So you're not necessarily changing 100% of your offer, you're not like, um, you're not all over the place with your offer, you're not trying to create brand new offers for every niche, you're saying, okay, what can I create for this offer to, for example, solve this particular problem that is a 90% solution regardless of who you are. Going back to the gym example, it may be like um, a core lifting program could be 90% the same regardless of anybody, a core resistance training program. And then how do you change the 10% based on people's different fitness goals? What do you put on top of that core resistance training program? What it, All of that, right? So it's not 100% new for every person. It's 90% and then the 10% change to personalize it for each each niche, each audiences. And just generally here, I'd say that 10,000 niches is not your answer, right? A new niche every week is not your answer. Again, like don't just get too scattered by this idea that there's riches and niches. You're far better off saying, okay, I'm going to pick one single hyper-focusable target market, and I'm going to narrow in on them. Going back to the like geographic example, uh, if I'm a real estate agent, I'm going to say, I want to become the person that people buy and sell houses Um, you know, from and to in this particular neighborhood, right? And I'm gonna identify what neighborhood I need to have to hit the transaction volume that I want, and I'm gonna get hyper-focused in a couple different neighborhoods so that it seems like every house that goes up for sale in that neighborhood it has my name on it. It seems like, um, you know, if you want to buy a house in that neighborhood, you're gonna be interacting with me, right? And getting that specific to that hyper-focused of a niche before I try to expand out, right? And so if you tried to be the niche for this neighborhood, in this, neighborhood, in this 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 neighborhood, and you're, I said the niche, the real estate agent for all of those neighborhoods, right? That's going to be far less effective than really forming true relationships with people in a specific neighborhood. Um, so consider this, like, I think that the question may have been, um, may have opened you up to a little bit of misguided action here if you are just trying to pursue new niches every week i maybe am misunderstanding that but i do want to say like really what you want to do is if you are going to commit to niching try to find one ideal niche and really focus on that and build that before you move on to the next and the next and next Now, as we're talking about niching down, I do want to acknowledge a few different types of niches really quickly. You can think about uh, this first group as price niches. So uh, generically, like price is cheap versus expensive, budget versus luxury, right? So Walmart as a department store is different than Von Mar or Neiman Marcus as a department store, right? Like it's... it's, it's a very different audience and those are different niches. Um, one example of this is Toyota versus Lexus, right? So Toyota had this brand that was a, a successful car brand and they said, how can we make an ex- extremely nice car? also. And so Toyota and Lexus can be sold side by side and it's two different niches, right? Selling essentially the same thing and based on essentially the same systems and so on. There's also like as we're getting into something that feels more like coaching, there can be price niching of do-it-yourself versus done-for-you. So how can you create some programs that allow people to do what you offer themselves versus other programs that allow people to do what you offer with you, right? Or you do it for them, right? And there's these different levels of service that are established in price niching. Group versus one-on-one, right? Am am I able to do this as a group coaching? Am I able to do this one-on-one coaching? How does that establish different price niches within my current audience, right? Without even changing Um, without even changing who your audience is, you can price niche within that audience. Um, Also, focus niching uh, is is something like, do I want to be the person who focuses only using a marketing example on video sales letter funnels for information publishers, versus I can write funnel copy, right? Funnel copy or even I'm a copywriter, right? This broad, Versus narrow if you can find a group of people who want to hire people who write VSL funnels for a a group of people in the information marketing niche who want to to uh, Hire people who write VSL funnels. Well that narrow focus niche It can provide you an advantage versus somebody who's offering just this broad copywriting service Um, Audience niche is any kind of targetable characteristic so you know you can you can audience based on geographic, you can audience based on people they follow, you can audience based on media that they read, you can audience based on and and this is maybe not the most useful thing. In fact, you can easily get misdirected here by trying to say like, oh, I'm in, I'm going to niche down by focusing on everybody in Nebraska versus everybody in California, right? But that's not really a niche unless you're focusing on state-oriented merchandise, maybe, or something like that, right? So um, there are different targetable characteristics that are, go- that are gonna be more or less useful. What is going to be more useful is something like an identity niche. And you can, some audiences are representative of identity and some audiences are um, are not representative of Id- of identity. So something like income itself if you can target based on income, that's not really necessarily representative of somebody's identity, right? It's it's representative of someone's, um, you know, they they happen to have that level of income. Versus if you can target based on um, people who subscribe to uh, the proud millionaires. Um, email list or people who read the Rob report or people who visit a certain luxury website or people who've bought Louis Vuitton purses or people who bought like there's different identities established by those things versus people who have a certain net worth number right beliefs and values can be things like um, you know religion it can be things based on culture it can be things based on political causes supported right it can be based on identity can also be based on Um, different roles that they play. So there's roles they play at work, there's roles they play personal. We're going to get into more of this identity niching in just a second. So I don't want to get too lost here. But the big thing is like, they're going to answer, if you, if they answer the question, who am I? Who am I? Like, oh, I am this person. And so I could say, you know, I am a copywriter. I am a marketing consultant. I am a podcaster. I am a Um, you know, YouTube channel owner, I am a uh, information publisher, I am all these different things, right? If you establish that who am I statement, a title, you give them a title, that is where we start to get into identity. And so something like millionaire may feel like a title even more so than million dollar net worth. And that might represent some kind of identity, especially in a culture where that is is thought of as a meaningful um, benchmark, right, of, of wealth accumulation. So somebody who identifies as, I'm a millionaire, right, that may be something that is an identity versus a net worth of a million dollars. So here's how to identity niche your offer. In the context of everything that you're doing, right? Who are your biggest audiences? When you look at who your biggest audiences are, are you able to identify consistently the people within my um, customer base, right? Or the people that I interact with, the people who who follow my work are whatever particular identity. Coaches, consultants, co- uh, course creators, like that's something that comes up a lot, right? Or the people who, uh, I could say, my biggest audiences are copywriters, or specifically financial copywriters, I could identify these different identities that are biggest within my audience, right? And so I'm going to look at that and I'm going to say, okay, if I were to take my big generic offer and I were to focus it on this particular identity, is that something that makes sense, right? And there's lots of different ways that we can identify, uh, that we can define identity. And so I have it split up into personal and professional here. Things like gender and race and cultural identity, right? Those are clear personal identities. So weight loss for women versus weight loss for men, or fitness for women versus fitness for for men, um, healthcare for women versus healthcare for men. Uh, financial stuff feels like it should not be the same, but there are definitely people who identity niche. I speak to women about their finances. I speak to men about finances, right? I speak to fathers. I speak to parents. I speak to mothers. I speak to, uh, busy professionals versus I speak to retirees, right? There's, um, well, we're starting to get in the professional thing there, but there is some level of personal identity in there. Any kind of relationship. So I was talking about parents. I was talking about, um, Married versus unmarried, versus single, right? Um, uh, Anything like that 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 is representative of relationships. Spirituality also fits under this personal thing, right? Any kind of personal beliefs there. Professional, uh, that can be market or industry. That can be career or professional role. So let me demonstrate the difference there you could speak to everybody in the IT industry versus you could speak to all marketers versus you could speak to marketers in the IT industry and that's different kind of niching, right? So you're gonna focus and the more specific, the more narrow you get with these. So if you said, I wanna speak to uh, female marketers in the IT industry with at least five years experience, that's going to be a much narrower, much smaller audience. But if you are truly resonating with those people and that audience is big enough to support whatever you're doing, that could potentially be a very lucrative niche for you. The other thing about professional is you can consider aspirational, a a professional identity. And so, you know, I see it a lot in any kind of business opportunity, including copywriting, where people who want to be copywriters are a rather large audience. People who want to be entrepreneurs are a rather large audience, right? Side hustlers. (laughs) Um, it's, It's aspirational, but it's still relative to a professional identity. In the context of all of this, though, I will challenge you. If you're just trying to niche to get rich, you have to ask yourself, do you have believability? So if I was going, like, if I talk to financial copywriters, I have way more believability there than if I were to want to talk to um, you know, women marketers in the IT industry with at least five years of experience um, doing marketing for IT companies. I I have some believability in the context of marketing, but it's much harder for me to um, speak to them in a way where they will believe that I'm able to, to connect with them inside their niche if I make that my focus, it's going to be less believable, right? Um, and so when you think about this, there is an important difference that as soon as you cross any threshold of believability where you plant a seed of doubt as to whether or not you can adequately serve that niche, your, your ease with which that niche will um, pay off for you will go down dramatically. And you would be more and more likely to run into a situation where even though you better niched this offer, that it just did not work out, Uh, it it just would not work out for you. So you wanna implement a niche change. Um, First thing I would suggest, so like with a coaching offer, you wanna test and implement it. So you decide, okay, I'm going to figure out how to uh, target dad entrepreneurs about their, um, you know, fitness goals, right? I'm going to help dad entrepreneurs with their health and fitness. And so what you want to do is not just completely build a brand new offer and all of that for dad entrepreneurs to help them with their fitness goals. You may have some generic fitness coaching offer, right? What you would want to do is do some kind of rapid, efficient testing. So find a dad entrepreneurs group, right? And... Put a message in front of them that provided value to them in the context of fitness, right? And have a limited conversation with them that is rapid, efficient testing just to see how responsive that audience is before you go and you build out an entire new offer for them and a new marketing program. So initially, you just want to test it to get some kind of traction of people, are people interested in this message at all? And then you actually want to go through with the transformation itself. And going back to what I said earlier, you know, an ideal situation would be like a 90-10 offer transformation where you're changing 10%. You're changing like the introduction to what you do with the coaching. You're changing, you know, the 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 new coachy enrollment process. You're changing a couple action guides, you're changing a few things like that, but but 90% of what you're doing in your offer remains the same. And only 10% is customized even primarily in language itself versus um, across the board, right? But 10% is customized to that audience. And then you start to make the front end changes to your marketing. You build out a new website or a new portion of your website that's focused on that particular audience, right? You you change the marketing almost last, um, in terms of building up a presence in that market but you will have already done some efficient testing first in order to figure that out so i ho- i hope that makes sense like the biggest the biggest takeaway that i have here at the end of this though is is like if you want to if you want to be successful in a niche number one don't just make it i have to like niche after niche after niche part of the thing that makes you successful in a niche is you really start to understand that niche, you start to learn that niche, you start to adapt and really solve the unique manifestation of this problem in that niche for those particular people, right? And those people are most likely going to raise their hand and be interested if you are speaking to them on some kind of identity level. Like, I am these, I fill these roles in my life, I am this identity in my life, and I want this problem solved. There, if you really are able to resonate with like one or a couple small niches and then build from there, that's going to be how you're going to be most successful with this niching down of your offer. And I hope that makes sense. My call to action for you in this episode is to ask yourself, um, you know, how can you use this? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you. I do offer a launch your client business free mini course. It gets more specific about building offers for a specific audience, um, and that is available with a link in the description. I will also link to my streaming library of copywriting marketing courses called BTMS Insiders, and don't forget there is that link to ask me your question if you would like it answered in an upcoming Mailbox Monday episode. I'm Roy Furr, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I'll catch you again next time. See you soon.